0: The book of Isaiah, we should be able to finish it up today. We are starting in 64, and that leaves us three chapters. And uh, the, these last three chapters are just a, a wonderful summation of, of what's going on in the world and and kind of how the Lord deals with a, a people who He has created to represent Him and to rule and reign all creation for Him, yet who have gone astray. And He has to, you know, He has to bring together his purposes out of a people who don't represent him any longer and so this it starts with kind of a a prayer from the people of God to God oh that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence as fire kindles the brushwood as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. So, I mean, that, the, that is what's going to happen. We've been talking recently about he will shake everything that can be shaken so that only what cannot be shaken is left. And so we see that his presence coming, the reality, his glory to be known, the reality of his life, uh, becoming apparent. So that everything that's not of him shakes and quivers at the awesomeness of who he is, and everything that it is of him, also is <laughs> is shaken too, but in, you know in fear and awesome wonder, and uh, worship. And three starts talking about you know he's been doing these things since the beginning, when you did awesome things which we did not expect. You came down the mountains quaked at your presence, from. For from days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you, who acts in behalf of the one who waits for you. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. Behold, you are angry, for we sinned. We continue in them a long time, and shall we be saved? So he he's saying, you know, You have moved powerfully for your people in the past, time and time again, throughout the millennia, and we are now seeking you to do the same. We know that we have fallen short, but Lord, we repent and turn back to you. We call on you to make yourself known in our day. Behold, you are angry, for we sinned. We continued in them for a long time, and shall we be saved? For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities. He's saying, you know, we've sinned, we've gone astray from the way of God, and we've gone into our own ways, and we've become filthy. And can you even save us, Lord, when we are so, such a disgrace to your plans and your purposes for mankind? We've built up this, this way of life that is completely separate from you. We have become an unclean people. And you are hidden from us. We don't even know you anymore. We, can't, we don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And we are reaping what we have sowed you have delivered us into the power of our iniquities so the 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 life the difficulties in the world the consequences the judgment coming down are the effect brought on by the cause of us living for ourselves and not for you verse 8 but now lord you are our father we are the clay and you are the potter so now lord we are taking a stand we are realizing you are the lord god and we are your work it's not the other way around like we've always acted in the past all of us are the work of your hand do not be angry beyond measure O oh Lord and, and that implies look we know we need discipline we need to be transformed into your ways because we've been going after filthy ways but Lord make it be something we can handle don't be angry beyond measure nor remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, all of us are your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you has been burned by fire. So this is coming. This is the the judgment on uh, the people of God that no longer represent him, on the whole Western world that claims to be the christian world claims to hold itself up as a banner to the rest of the world we're the christian world yet doesn't represent him so the rest of the world looks at it and says that's your god i you know i I, that doesn't appeal to me we our god is better or no god is better um, than than that this whole structure has to be brought down as a desolation in order for god to raise up A banner that truly represents him, a people that truly represent him. So here Isaiah was clearly looking far into the future and obviously he lived in in the actual city of Jerusalem and this was all going to happen uh, years after he died so he's he can see this reality in the natural but I but but many of the things he was clearly even talking uh, spiritually and so these things A lot of these pictures are also in um, Revelation. The two books go very much hand-in-hand in in many of these pictures. And so it's also clearly talking about an end time. And I would say it's clearly talking about our time. Um, The Lord bringing down a structure that doesn't represent Him. So He can bring forth a purified people that does represent Him. Uh, our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you has been burned by fire and all our precious things have become a ruin will you restrain yourself at these things O lord will you keep silent and afflict us beyond measure so this this chapter is a prayer to god god we need to hear you we need to know what is the way forward and then we'll move on to 65 so here is god's answer I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, Here am I, here am I, to a nation which did not call on my name. I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thought. A people who continually provoke me to my face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on bricks, who sit among graves and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh and the broth of unclean meat in their pots, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am holier than you. So he, he's talking, he said, I, I've reached out to other people besides the people who call my name, because the people who call my name are doing filthy things, which I've said not to do. I've given the people that call my name a way to live. And instead, they have gone a completely separate way. They're not living, you know, eating swine's flesh, according to the law, was a giant no-no, and here they're doing that. And yet, they're calling themselves holier than the next person. So, they're, it's taking on a religious um, affectation, a religious holiness. It's not a true holiness. Rather than coming after my way and living for me. And so, I've called out to people who weren't even looking for me but i've brought these people into my life but about these people who say that they are mine but do not live according to my way these are smoke in my nostrils a fire that burns all the day behold it is written before me i will not keep silent but i will repay i will even repay into their bosom both of their iniquities and the iniquities of their fathers together so he says there's you know, there's judgment coming on this way of life for people who claim him but do not live for him, do not live according to his ways. Because they have burned incense on the mountains and scorned me on the hills, therefore I will measure their former work into their bosom, says the Lord. As the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says do not destroy it, for there is benefit in it, so I will act on behalf of my servants in order not to destroy all of them. So, this shows a remnant people that are amidst the group. And he says, I'm not going to destroy those because these are my servants. These are the ones who do represent me. These are the ones who do live for me. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and an heir on my mountains from Judah. Even my chosen ones shall inherit it and my servants will dwell there. So, again, he provides for his own, those people that he can use for his purposes, his eternal purposes. Sharon will be a pastureland for flocks, and the valley of Acor a resting place for herds, for my people who seek me. But you who forsake the Lord, you... So, anyways, he's he, he's saying he's got a beautiful place established for those who love him and seek him. And that That means in true spirit, not, unfortunately, we can deceive ourselves on what we're really doing, and we can have a a fervency of seeking the Lord, but under our pretenses, we decide for ourselves, well, I believe the Lord is for this, and then we go after that, and we call it seeking the Lord, but really, we're aiming to seek our own desires, we've just put the Lord's name on it, so that's, unfortunately, a way that is a deceptive path many take so here he's speaking about those who truly lay down everything for him want nothing more than him his way his wisdom his truth his life and it is a life it's a it's a separate life from the way of the world but then he offers the counterpoint in verse 11 but you who forsake the lord who forget my holy mountain who set a table for fortune and who fill cups with mixed wine for destiny so he's talking about fortune and destiny he's talking mixed wine it this is people who mix the way of god with the ways of the world or the enemy they kind of mix in well i don't like that part of god's truth so that i don't think that really applies um, that's that's just something some old guys wrote thousands of years ago, and that doesn't really apply today, I'm mixing in some of my own thoughts and so I've got this new way of worshipping God that is really good and modern and this is the real God and you people are crazy zealots that that, that think the way of God that he's established is, is right, you see that that mixture, I mean that's not exactly how people say it, but that's it's kind of in the hearts of people and uh, but you who forsake the lord who forget my holy mountain who set a table for fortune and who fill cups with mixed wine for destiny i will destine you for the sword and all of you who bow down to the slaughter because i called but you did not answer so i mean this can also be very religious people who take every word in the bible as absolute gospel um but are not open to receiving the life of the Lord, and are stuck in a religion. So their mixture is the religion, which you see, that was the Pharisees. When Jesus was coming against them, the Pharisees had become extremely religious and dogmatic in their religion, and saying, we are only for the word of God and and Sadducees. Each, they're more similar than different, although they had strong arguments about certain things. Um, They were very dogmatic about their religion, but they missed the living God because they had come up with their own ideas on what the scriptures meant so that they missed God's reality when he sent Jesus as their Messiah. And it's so clear to us to read it and say, man, how could you miss this? But they had developed such strong dogma that they missed the ways of the living God when he came through Jesus. And so, unfortunately, that's also very common in the world today. And so, we have to be open to how is the Lord moving? It will not be against scripture. It will fulfill scripture in his his way, his movement. But it might not fulfill our understanding, our theology, of what we believe the scripture says. Or all the extra teachings that have been piled on top of what the scripture says. This this warning is, I will destine you for the sword, and all of you will bow down to the slaughter. Because I called, but you did not answer. I spoke, but you did not hear. And you did evil in my sight, and chose that in which I did not delight. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. Behold, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Behold, my servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. Behold, my servants will shout joyfully with a glad heart, but you will cry out with a heavy heart and you will wait. you will wail with a broken spirit and you will leave your name for a curse to my chosen ones. And the Lord God will slay you. But my servants will be called by another name. So he's he's drawing a line. Here's the ones that truly represent me. And these others don't. And there's blessing. Blessing of the closeness of the Lord. For those who are living only according to him and his ways. And are quick to receive correction on what ways of theirs are not his ways. So that they can quickly be transformed more and more like him continually day by day versus those who are stuck in their ways and say god must work according to these ways because i am sure of it and even if those aren't his ways and the closeness of god to them is painful and difficult but my servants will be called by another name there's a new reality a new way of life here Because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by the God of truth, and he who swears in the earth will swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hidden from my sight. So this is a new people made perfect in him, because Jesus was perfect, and they are in him. And that perfection is all he sees in his people who have fully given themselves to this way, this life. And then 17 and again this is very reminiscent of uh, revelation as well uh, written much later but with the same idea god's purpose has not changed for behold i create new heavens and a new earth and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind but be glad and rejoice forever in what i create for behold i create jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness i will also rejoice in jerusalem and be glad in my people and there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. So he's he's saying I'm creating a new reality. My heaven is coming forth. Um you know Daniel foretold that in some ways in a more clear way that as these old kingdoms crumble, which we're seeing the early shakings of it if you, it may not be clear to you yet that this is happening, but the whole system's coming down. And and he's bringing forth a new kingdom it's here now but it's in still small places but it's ever expanding and this as his kingdom comes forth um it, it's a new reality where there is peace and righteousness joy that that moves forward and, and people are living together in unity in this new way of life that he's establishing which is really the very old way of life that he originally established with Adam and Eve. And it goes on for many verses, just talking about the blessing of this life for these people in this way. And then in 24, It will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. So this talks about a unified, a people unify with God. I heard a, a teaching yesterday that was cool. It talked about the uh, the Hebrew word for waiting on the Lord. Um, actually, the root word of it has to do with being like braided in or intertwined with. So you know, waiting on the Lord is not just sitting around waiting, but seeking Him, being intertwined into His life. And so we see that that here, He's so intertwined with us that when you know, when we call, He answers. He's. He's there with us because we've given ourselves totally to him so that there is no other way. There is no other life, just his life. And then we're on to the last chapter, 66. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. When Where then is a house you could build for me? So this immediately makes me think of, of Psalm 110 where um, God is saying to Jesus, uh, you know, sit at my right hand while I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He, this is the Lord conquering everything. The earth, the, the earth was intended to be the province where Adam and Eve ruled and reigned in that multiplication of God's family throughout the earth and all creation, um, establishing the wisdom and love and truth of God to all creation through mankind. That was the original intent but now since mankind turned that over to enemies the earth is the enemies and so the earth has become the lord's footstool and jesus took his place on the throne and the lord says god's the father says he will make his, the enemies a footstool for jesus's feet and who he, who does he do that through if you continue to read in psalm 110 he continues to talk about a people being raised up who accomplished this from him through his spirit at work in them. And so, you know, you see that that um, kind of pictured here as well. Whenever we see the the throne with the earth as the footstool, that's where this is happening. And God reminds the people through Isaiah here that there's no temple that can contain me, that there's no structure. So this is, you know, the temple's a going to be uh, pre- pretty, it's going to be taken down, you know, destroyed, maybe not as badly as the Romans destroyed it later, but, uh, but destroyed. And, um, and he had told, you know, he told David and Solomon this, even when they built it, that, uh, that he can't be contained by a house, but here he's reminding them before he destroys the house that, and which uh, Jesus also did before the house that was rebuilt later was destroyed again, that where there's no house that you can build for me made of of, uh, bricks or wood. Um, For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. So how is he going to make a house where he can rest? By finding those who are humble and contrite of spirit, and who tremble at my word. These are the ones he can make a temple out of. Living stones that make up his new Jerusalem, his Mount Zion, in the world. His living body of Christ in the world. These are the ones he can use. Those who are humble, contrite of spirit, trembling at his word, seeking him above all else. Then starting in verse 3, he goes on about the hypocrisy of religion. Um, Whenever we think religious ways save us with God, God is not impressed with those things. And so he who burns incense is like the one who blesses an idol. This applies, see the problem with the religious spirit uh, at work in our lives is we can read that and say, oh yeah, they did uh, incense or they did they did uh, animal sacrifices, and so God's not impressed with us, but we have Jesus. Well, check your heart, <laughs> check your ways. Do you use Jesus, or do you use your ways of religiously serving him in the same way they were using their animal sacrifices or their incense? Because most of us do. And so, how do we purge the religious ways out of our life so that we actually die to this old life, to our own flesh, and live for Him and Him alone. Something happened on Saturday that just came to mind, and um, I wanna share it, because I, I really see it as a picture of what um, what's going on. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I was a kid, everyone did fireworks at the street level, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I've really been just, Not happy with the way life seems to be now in this area, uh, in that there's, I mean, on one hand it's really cool and a real a big blessing that there's this massive fireworks uh, display two, three, four times a year, less than a mile from our house at the city park. Um, We're in a suburb uh, outside of Austin, and and um, you know the city park is less than a mile from or one of them, but the one that they do the fireworks. Less than a mile from our house, and so they do fireworks pretty often, and they're you know big spectacular fireworks. But either because of that or because fireworks are illegal, uh, but apparently not as illegal as we thought. Right near the house, no one does them at street level anymore until this year because of the virus. All of a sudden, people are you know avoiding the big gatherings and having the wonderful small you know neighborhood type things that used to be more commonplace. And so I, I see a lot of good in that. and So anyways, a neighbor mentioned they'd gone and bought fireworks, and I'd been chomping at the bit for this for a year, so I went and got some, and another neighbor went and got some, and, and so there were multiple of us that, that had them, a lot of little kids in this cul-de-sac. And uh, people were, were all lighting off our little fireworks, mostly I was trying to buy things that stayed on the ground. I had a few that went in the air that were a little surprising to me. <laughs> But, you know, all pretty normal. Well, the one neighbor didn't buy anything until the last day, Saturday. And uh, they got he got a big box of stuff as all he could get, which is a kind of a random collection. and Some of it was meant to go really high in the air, which we're not supposed to do, but, you know, we did it and it was all fine. But one of them, so they've got a teenager. I think he's probably 13 or 14. And, uh... He saw his dad throwing these fireworks into the street, and so he just grabbed one, without realizing what kind it was, and threw it in the middle of the street. Now this is a we none of us knew this was happening. We're all kind of standing, uh, kind of in a U shape, kind of semicircle around this area, loosely, you know, loosely standing around talking in different groups or. Do lighting fireworks or whatever, but there's just kind of center area where the firework could go off, and uh, and yeah, everyone's kind of lighting fireworks, talking, (laughs) doing whatever, and uh, it's very very just kind of hanging out and nonchalant. He throws this firework into the middle without realizing it's supposed to be one that goes up into a launcher. And goes really high in the air. And is a huge colorful explosion in all directions. One of the really big ones that you see at a big firework thing. Where there's explosion of light in every direction. He, They apparently had one of these. They had a little launcher. It was supposed to go in. But the teenager didn't realize that's what that was. And he threw it right in the middle of all of us. And it blew So... This is completely unexpected to everyone. Even the kid that threw it didn't know this was about to happen. Certainly none of the rest of us even knew what he was doing. So all of a sudden, I mean, I think I saw that he threw one because I'm watching the fireworks. Um, This explosion goes off. That is amazing. And it was awe. I mean, every single person was filled with awe light just streaked in every direction between us all up in the air i mean i assume some hit the ground but didn't go anywhere but i mean it just it's just big ball of explosion of light in every direction and it's streaking in between us and we're all just in stunned silence for a second or two after it stopped i mean it was just awesome but then of course you're wondering did anyone get hit Everyone's, you know, like, okay, I'm fine, but surely somebody's hurt from that. And we uh, is everyone okay? with? No one was hit. Everything. <laughs> we were all spared. It's kind of like what's happening in the world today. And I told the kid afterwards, I was like, you know, that was really cool since none of us died. Now, if a couple of us had died, <laughs> that wouldn't have been so cool. <laughs> but... Not one person was hurt from it. We were all fine, and it was spectacular. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. This light streaking in every direction, in between us, all around us. I mean, it was. It was, it, you know, if you can imagine those big fireworks that explode way up in the air, you're right in the middle of it, <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. But for a moment, you're filled with fear. You're filled with awe. I mean, it's really like the fear of the Lord. It's it's, he is awesome and powerful and wonderful. And if we are willing to give our lives to him completely, we get to enjoy the incredibleness of who he is and what he's doing and that he loves us so much. He wants us to be, um, the sun playing with the fireworks. I don't, I don't know. My My analogy might break down there, but the one um, who he uses to bring about his awesome ways, his glory, his wisdom, his love. And, but if you were standing in the wrong place, you would have been hit by something that would have burned considerably. And so that's where we are in the world today, where for those who loves, he, he loves everyone. So let me backtrack that word for those who love him and give up everything to him It might be a painful process because we have to die to the world we have to die to our own ways our own philosophies but he will bring us into this pure wonderful place of love and peace and joy and it is spectacular Um, for those who want to fight against it it will be painful it will burn it will be terrible God says, starting in the three, as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. So I will choose their punishments and will bring on them what they dread because I called, but no one answered. I spoke, but they did not listen and they did evil in my sight and chose that in which I did not delight. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word, your brothers who hate you, who exclude you for my name's sake have said, Let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your joy. But they will be put to shame, a voice of uproar from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord, who is rendering recompense to his enemies. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she gave birth to a boy. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? As soon as Zion travailed, she also brought forth her sons. Shall I bring to the point of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Or shall I who give delivery shut the womb, says your God? Uh, So, man, that really led right into this. But, um, uh, so also we've talked uh, about Revelation 12 quite a bit recently. I gave a teaching on that recently, which I'll probably publish here soon. Um, and, um. The, this lines up very closely with Revelation 12. The son company has been born. You see that early on in Revelation 12. You also see the travail of the woman, and you see the more children coming forth. And that is depicted perfectly. This lines up perfectly. The son being born without uh, without pain. The, the, but now the woman's going into pain, and then more sons will come out of her. The woman being the church, the sons being raised up as sons of God who go after the way of Jesus, after his life, that are are raised up, discipled in his life, and who carry on the likeness of God, who receive his ways, his wisdom, his love to bring about the true purposes of God that he has always intended for mankind. And so this, this shows again, I, he will do it. He, God has not changed his mind. He will bring forth his purposes and nothing will stop him. 10 says, be joyful with Jerusalem and rejoice for her. All you, whoops, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied with her comforting breast, that you may suck and be delighted with her bountiful bosom. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you will be nursed, and you will be carried on the hip, and fondled on the knees, and one as one whom his mother comforts. So I will comfort you. And so, he, he again, this talks about, we talked about it at, was it 60, 61, 62? I think it was 62. Um the, the of the the sons bring marrying the uh, their mother is the sons of God bringing the uh, the woman the bride of Christ into perfect unity into the way of God into being a perfect presentable bride for Christ so that every all the people of God are completely unified in Him just as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus and each of them are in us that we are all unified in one perfect body for god one unified people of god for the world filled with peace that flows like a river and what is life like this like then you will see this 14 and your heart will be glad and your bones will flourish like the new grass and the hand of the lord will be known to his servants but he will be indignant toward his enemies for behold the lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire, for the Lord will execute judgment by fire, and by his sword on all flesh, for those slain by the Lord will be many. So we want to be on the right side of God in, in in such a time as this. Those who sanctify and purify themselves to go to the gardens, following one in the center, who eats swine's flesh, detestable things and mice will come to an end altogether. He's doing away with those things that do not represent him, and do, doing a beautiful thing for his people. Now this I don't want to mean to make this sound like we we come to this whole end real quickly because this is going to take years to play out. But this is the final purpose for God. 18 says for I know their works and their thoughts. The time is coming to gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and see my glory. So he's bringing people from everywhere. Um, he, he will have a unified people of every nation and, and people group. Really, that's what nation means, is people group. Verse 20, after he gathers people from everywhere, then they shall bring all your brethren from all the nations as a grain offering to the Lord. So you see, it's the people, it's, it's not so much uh, animals or crops that he wants to be the offering It's the people willing to offer their very lives to him that is the offering, that is a sweet aroma to the Lord. And what will he do in, what is it, 2021? On horses and chariots and litters and mules and camels to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord, just as the sons of Israel bring their grain offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord, I will also take some of them for priests and for Levites. So this is the order of melchizedek this is those who give everything to him who he raises up to know him most intimately to share to others the way of the lord 22 for just as the new heavens and the new earth which i will make will endure before me so your offspring and your name will endure it shall be from new moon to new moon and from sabbath to sabbath all mankind will come to bow down before me so it's a unified picture of his people all in perfect unity, knowing him, worshiping him, and receiving the blessing that is the life of God. And then he, he kind of ends on a, a a bit of a downer note. There is a way. So that's the way. That I mean, that's that's the part to focus on. That's the part to live for. But there is another way we can choose. He doesn't force us. He always gives us free will to choose him or to not choose him. And he kind of ends a little bit on that. Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worms will not die and their fire will not be quenched. And they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. Um, you know, unfortunately, some people receive judgment and instead of turning back to God and being cleansed and healed. Some people... Their hearts are hard and they want no part of it. And there's just the judgment on those people is really, really bad. And, um, and, and so, anyways, that's it for the book of Isaiah. Man, I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. Um, I'm actually going to, I think, do Matthew. I started looking ahead and thinking I'm not going to want to do four gospels in a row. So, I'm going to intersperse a couple of gospels into the Old Testament. And then after Matthew, we'll go back to Jeremiah. And, um, another note, I kind of did the math and it looks like that three chapters a day, will get this done by the end of the year. Um, but then there's also, you know, there's some books that have one chapter or two chapters or maybe, you know, four or five and and that. So I'll figure that out along the way, but probably when I come across an Obadiah that has one chapter, I might mix it with an Haggai that has two and kind of go out of order that way. But, uh, Anyways, just a heads up on what's ahead. Uh, The Lord bless you.